the Gilda's maximum lawyers community of legal entrepreneurs who are taking their businesses and lives to the next level. As a Guild member, you'll build relationships, be held accountable, and learn strategies specifically designed to get you unstuck and accelerate your plan for growth. Members are also granted exclusive access to masterminds hosted around the country. Our next event is coming up, and we're heading to Scottsdale, Arizona. There's something truly magical about the power of these in-person connections where real-time breakthroughs happen. Picture this. You're surrounded by like-minded law firm owners tackling your business and mindset challenges together. The energy is electric, the insights are transformative, and the results are game-changing. Investing in yourself is the best decision you'll ever make. The knowledge, strategies, and breakthroughs you'll gain are priceless assets that will supercharge your practice and propel you forward. Join the Guild and secure your ticket to Scottsdale at the best possible price by visiting maxlawevents.com. Run your law firm the right way. This is the Maximum Lawyer Podcast. Your hosts, Jim Hacking and Tyson Mutrix. Let's partner up and maximize your firm. Welcome to the show. Welcome back to the Maximum Lawyer Podcast. I'm Jim Hacking. And no Tyson on this one. So this is a pop-up episode. I was supposed to be a guest on another podcast with my friend Felix, but Felix uh, decided not to launch his podcast. But it was such good content and such good info. It's about metrics and measuring and those kinds of things. And so we wanted to release it as a pop-up standalone episode it's just me and Felix. It'll feel like a podcast once you get into it, but I think it's it's pretty good stuff, and we wanted to get out to you as soon as we can. So thanks, and hope you enjoy it. Welcome to the show, Jim Hacking. How have you been? I'm doing okay. I'm doing okay. You know, obviously, it's a crazy time to be recording podcasts or running a business or living life. It's a strange, strange time, but I'm trying to keep positive. I'm trying to focus on where I'm headed and not get too drawn into the emergencies of the day oh yeah i'm i know what you're talking about that's what uh, i'm trying myself just uh, not not to get uh, distracted i actually decided i'm uh, gonna look at the newspapers and the news uh, uh, once a day at the lunchtime and uh, that's it actually we we caught ourselves our children just told us the other day at the dinner can we like stop talking about this and let's stop, stop talking about this. Let's focus on what we are here for. Well, we haven't met uh, uh, in person yet. Uh, we've met online. Um, I uh, started a thread um, uh, on uh, Superfast Business where we're, of James Ramco, where you and I are members of. And um, it's on data or how data can help us uh, run, manage, grow our business. And uh, you responded. You said, yeah, it'd be interesting to discuss that and uh, let's do this. And um, I was really interested in, uh, in talking to you because uh, I saw you're a lawyer. Well, you're just going to introduce yourself. And I mean, I've, I work with 20 plus uh, different industries, uh, 500 plus executives. Never worked with lawyers. Uh, <laughs> so uh, I'm looking forward to uh, our discussion. But um, why don't you, uh, for our listeners, uh, Jim, just... Uh, Tell us who you are and uh, what your business is all about. So uh, I'm located in St. Louis, Missouri in the United States. Uh, I started an immigration law firm. So we help people 
come to the United States, stay in the United States, bring family members to the United States. We try to keep people from getting deported. We try, we help people get work visas. Um, we started in 2007 and I was a, a history major in college. So I had very little experience in running a business. My father was always hustling when I was growing up. He always had side jobs and things to help us make a little bit of extra money. So I had seen him and then he had run his own business or he had started his own business. So I had watched his sort of entrepreneurial journey. And I'd always thought as a young lawyer that I'd like to have clients of my own. I had seen the lawyers who controlled the clients sort of ran the firms and the lawyers who depended on attorneys to bring them work were sort of dependent on people, even if they weren't the nicest of people. So I never wanted to be in that position. So I'd been practicing for about 10 years and I decided to launch my own immigration firm. So we did that in 2007. I was lucky enough to hire a young lady who came to work for me and she's still with me now. She sort of runs our office. She's grown with me as the firm. And so uh, right now we have about 15 employees. We have four attorneys. My wife, who is an immigrant and who I met in law school, is also practicing with us and she helps run the day-to-day. -day. I am I am more a visionary kind of a person. I don't spend a lot of time. I don't find my energy in um, you know, management or running meetings. I understand the value of all those things, but it's just not where I'm at. I'm always sort of focusing on the future, focusing on growth, focusing on uh, hacking things, like making things easier. Um, so, so that's sort of one business I have. Another business that I have is, is sort of a younger business. We started, uh, we started a podcast for lawyers uh, okay. four years ago. It's called Maximum Lawyer. And it's to help lawyers learn how to market, how to run their firms, how to Im improve their systems, those kinds of things. So I have a partner on that who's another lawyer. Um, and that thing has really grown. We now have about 2,500 members in our Facebook group. We're getting about 15,000 downloads a month. And then we just started a, a sort of a paid a membership group, which is sort of like a, a one-up from the, the free stuff. We actually just launched that last Friday. And I followed a lot of James. James Ramco's principles. And I was really happy because I, I had no idea whether it was the right time to go to market, whether people would respond to it positively, but we had 45 people sign up. So we're really excited that we were sort of, that's sort of the, the fun thing that I'm working on now while we're still trying to keep the firm going. And that's sort of me. Okay. Well, uh, thank you very much. It's just one thing uh, to, to mention. Uh, you are in St. Louis. Well, that's where I studied. I was like, oh, God. <laughs> I was, uh, I think, late 80s. Um, uh, I spent two, two and a half years in St. Louis myself. Uh, I thought it was a really interesting uh, city. So just a really nice uh, coincidence. Now, um, your law immigration firm. I, I, I know nothing about law. I know a bit of uh, about immigration. I, had, I was facing the issues when I was in the States. I was facing, facing the issues when I was coming to Germany. I come from Slovenia. Right now, it's not a problem. When I moved to Germany 30 years ago, uh, that was a big issue for me getting into uh, Germany and get all the papers. So I think there's a lot of uh, uh, things that need to be done there. So uh, what is actually then the result? I always talk about, well, measuring. And so if we measure something, right, then we need to know what we measure. So I always ask uh, uh, people, so what is the result? What is the deliverable, what you do? 
Right. So people always, especially lawyers in our group, like to think that lawyers are these fancy artists who can't be contained, who, you know, just sort of think up these really great results for their clients. But I say all the time that we are a logistics company, just like Federal Express. <laughs> we are taking someone from one position and moving them to another position. We're getting in a truck and we're driving them from Washington, D.C. to Dallas, Texas or whatever. We are... We are taking someone at one immigration level and advancing them to the next immigration level. So um, one nice thing about our business is that sometimes we help people go from a student visa to a work visa to lawful residence yeah. to, to citizenship. And then once they're a citizen, then we help them bring over their family members, right? So it, okay. it, there's a virtuous cycle there. But basically, our job is to help people move from one immigration status to another. They might do that here in the United States. They okay. might do it overseas. So, like if if you were if you were married to someone in the United States and you were from Slovenia, we could have them sponsor you to come to the United States and get a green card. Or if when you were here studying in St. Louis, you had set, you were on a, let's say you were on an F one and you wanted to get a job, then we would sort of help work with your employer to get you a visa. So it's always about getting an immigration benefit either from the immigration service or from the State Department. Okay, so the result for them is having the papers. Right, and, and, and you win or lose. You know, I, I, um, I had a really tough asylum case that I've been fighting for the last couple of months. It's probably one of the strongest ones that I've ever filed, and I lost. I had a long conversation with the client yesterday about why I think his case didn't go the way that we wanted, but that's one of the interesting things about immigration is it's a zero-sum game. You either win or you lose. There's no ties. You don't. You know, like if people get in a car accident and they sue each other, you know, you come up to some kind of settlement. In immigration, you either win or lose. And it's, and it's people's lives, so it's pretty meaningful work, which is one thing I really like about it. I can very much relate to that. I was, for years, I was always, okay, can I stay here or do, will I be sent back? Okay, that, that was a really bad feeling. But I can really very much relate to this, but let's not go down this line. Okay. Now, before we start talking metrics and data and, and, and growing business and so, just out of curiosity, um, Jim, when was it the first time in, in your career where you said, oh, having data or understanding the data is really important for me? Oh, that's, that's, that's great. So, like I said before, I was an arts and science major. I never took a business class in my life. And so everything I've learned about running a business, I've learned either from my dad or on the fly. And most of it's been on the fly and reading books. And um, one of the greatest books that I've read is a book called Traction yeah. it's by Gino Wickman. And, it's, it's, uh, and actually, Traction didn't resonate so much with, with me. He has another book called Rocket Fuel, which really draws that distinction between the entrepreneur, which is, or the, the visionary, which is me. And then my wife, who's the implementer, she's very much about strategic thinking about measuring things and, and, you know, measuring success. And so when you have two employees, you don't really need to worry about that so much. You probably should, but I didn't. Right. And so it wasn't until we really started growing and I was going to have to be less involved in each and every case that's sort of when I realized that we needed to get into metrics and measuring. And so with traction, we, so we have a traction coach and we've been implementing traction for about a year now, uh, a little less than a year. And we've been looking at what are our key performance indicators. So I'm, I'm always, 
I, I, I'm at 10 quick starts. So I don't know if you've ever taken a Colby test. Oh, yes, I'm nine. Yeah. And my wife is a one, right? So, so my wife joined our firm four years ago, right? So she came out of academia. She came from a very safe job, but the, the university was sort of downsizing and she took a buyout and came to work with us. And that was the best thing that ever happened because that woman that I told you about who helps run the firm, she had been banging her head on the wall dealing with me because I understand the value of all that stuff, but I'm too focused on the next thing, right? I'm bound, and then maybe I'm not focused at all, but I'm bouncing around. But when Adela, that's the office person, had Amani, my wife, come join us, they, they were able to join forces and teach me the importance of metrics and meetings and, and, and checking on cases in a way that we could do it from afar where we're not the ones just actually handling the cases. When, as, you, as you grow, I think that's really when the, the metrics come in because you have to have a way of measuring them. And the way that our attraction coach says to us is, imagine you're on an island and the company is running itself from you know 5,000 miles away. What are the exact numbers that you would need? Uh, and it, you don't wanna have 100 of these numbers. He says you know between 10 and 15, what are the exact numbers that you wanna have in order to be able to gauge the health of your company? So that's, it's really, it's been only in the last couple of years that I've come to realize the value of all this. Oh, that, that's cool. Now, let's put some context to this, because what I'd like to discuss with you, what I'd like to, um, uh, you to share with the listeners is, uh, what are you tracking? Now, but before we know what, what you're tracking, um, why don't we take a look at, let's say, how your business goes, uh, how, how, your, how your business is uh, uh, running. Meaning, how do you bring in new business? How do you generate leads? How do you then convert those leads into customers? How do you serve then these customers? And then what do you do to get paid for your valuable services? Well, then also there's going to be one business function. What do you do in terms of business development? Okay, so what I just uh, uh, kind of, uh, what I'm asking for is, this is what I call a value growth chain, okay? And um, so, Please tell me what, what you do in all these uh, different business functions. And then I'd really like uh, to hear, uh, I'd really like to ask you to share what are you measuring about all the processes and activities that you perform uh, within those business functions, right? So, so why don't you, we start with how do you generate leads? How do you bring in prospects? Sure. So one of the things that I did learn early on was, and I learned this from Dean Jackson. So. I found James Schramko through Dean Jackson and that's sort of how you and I met was through, through James and Dean Jackson and Joe Polish have a podcast called I love marketing. Right. And so the way that, that they teach it is the before unit, the during unit and the after unit. So the before unit is from the moment you get somebody, how do you get someone to raise their hand exactly until the moment that they hire you? That's the before unit. The during unit is from the time they hire you until you get them the benefit that they've requested. And then the after unit is referrals and repeat business. So right. in my before unit, I started making YouTube videos five years ago. Okay. And, and I'm, I'm all about long tail search and long tail questions. And what that means is, I, you know, I don't do videos about how great gym hacking is. I don't, do vi I don't do videos about, you know, how many years of legal experience I have. I don't do like TV commercial type videos. Our videos are all about answering questions. So I have this little notebook that you can see. You can't see it if you're listening, but I write down questions that have come up during the week 
And then on Monday, I record seven five-minute videos, three or four five-minute videos, and I add a new video every day. I started that this year. Before that, I was doing about three or four a week, but I just answer people's questions. And so people have started subscribing to the channel. We have about over a little over 16,000 subscribers to the YouTube channel. And so I can post a video now. And, and things are off a little bit right now because of the coronavirus. If I do a video about the coronavirus, it gets a ton of views. If I do one about regular immigration stuff, it gets less than it usually does. But typically, when we post a video, we get a thousand views within 24 hours. So it's a it's a highly engaged group. They seem to be watching the videos all the way to the end. And then I started a Facebook group, which is called Immigrant Home. And so mm -hmm. when I when I end each video, I say, you know, um, you know, if you want to reach us by email, you can email at info at hackinglawpractice.com. I give them our phone number. I invite them to join our Facebook group, and then. Uh, I tell them about to subscribe to the YouTube channel. So that thing's really been taken off. So that's sort of the part of how we get them to raise their hand. Mm -hmm. And then if they, then we have a, our phones are actually answered in California. We don't answer our own phones because we get about, well, in normal times we get about 40 or 50 leads a day. And then okay. uh, we have a, a team that answers the phones. And then we have a team that uh, here that follows up with leads. Now, in all honesty, Felix, um, we have probably been a victim of our own success. And what I mean by that is that we've been doing pretty well. We've been keeping pretty busy, but we're not in any way, shape or form maximizing the, the value of all of our leads. Right. So um, while you ask me my next question, I'm going to pull up this, this chart that I made. So I went through and I figured out, you know, how many leads are we getting a month or uh, yeah. How many leads are we getting a month? How many are we, converting and then you know if you compare the number of actual leads we get what percentage of people are actually hiring us and when i looked at that number and i'm happy to share it with you when i pull it up it made my mouth hit the floor okay now th that's really interesting so okay now we, we just touch on one business functions lead generation which where you seem to be pretty good i mean now obviously i cannot relate to what 50 leads per day means it looks, sounds impressive, okay? But what you already addressed, and this is, it gets us into the next business function, your sales funnel, right? It seems like not too many are ending up there, right? Right. Okay, well, I would assume that, uh, um, so what do you do to bring them now into your sales funnel? I mean, uh, you're quite agile on, on, on the, creating all these videos and your Facebook group. And by the way, I mean, you mentioned there's a phone team where, you know, you, you, you get the, um, the, the calls. How do they, uh, people get the number to call? Well, it's at the end of every video. So I listed at the end of every video. It's all over our website. So I, mean, right. I, I have that whole little rant memorized really. All right. Okay. So then what do you do to convert those onto, into customers? Well, so that's, that's where I think the real problem is, is that we've, we've all been, I mean, literally, we're really busy, right? Like even right now, knock on wood, we're really busy. So being busy is sort of the enemy of really being great. Being good is the enemy of being great. So I think that we've been sort of, I would say, sloppy or lazy. So we have two people, really just one person who works six hours a day who's been following up with the lead. So in the last two weeks, as the market has slowed down, we've really been digging deep into this. So we're, we are in the process right now of really converting our conversion system. We're really gonna go to a whole different model. I sat down with my wife and with Adela yesterday 
and we talked about if we had a million dollars and could and had all the resources in the world that we wanted to track down and follow up five or six times, what would we be doing? Because it's it's very different than what we are actually doing. So our our conversion rate right now of actual leads, so we get a lot of opportunities in, and then we we screen them and we take out all the junk. So if you look at all the leads we had in the last 12 months and compare them, how many people contacted us and how many people actually hired us, it's 7.9%. Okay. So I think is that we could, good or is that not good? I don't think it, what do you think? I don't think it's good. Oh, I mean, see, I've seen people where say 1% is fantastic conversion. Yeah. And uh, I've seen people say 40, no, that's not enough. So for me, see, that's the question is what is good? Okay. Yeah, that's a good question. And I, I, I probably, I mean, industry wise, I think, I think in particular with immigration, that there are a lot of people who contact us who A, may not have a lot of money and B, just have a quick question. So I also do a free webinar every year, every month, every other, every two weeks I do a webinar and people can come in and ask free questions, one free question during that hour. So it's a little, and, and we charge for our consult. So for someone to consult with us, we charge them $100 for the half hour consult. And it's not because I want $100. It's because I want to sift and sort. And I don't want to have consults with people that aren't likely to lead to a case. So yeah. I, th I think 7.9% is okay. I think it could be a lot better. But I don't really have anything to gauge it to because lawyers don't talk about this stuff. Lawyers only talk about the cases that they want or how experienced they are. Lawyers don't talk to each other about what their metrics are. And there aren't many lawyers who are actually you know, checking that out. Because what I was going to say, for you to, to, to say whether 7.9 or 7.5, what you've got is good, uh, you should benchmark yourself with other lawyers. But you just said, well, that doesn't really work. Okay? You know, but one way of saying whether this is good for, for you is, does this generate enough business for you, number one? And uh, does it allow you to grow? And if, you, if yes, then it's good. And if not, then, well, <laughs> there's probably something you want to do about it to increase it. Yeah. Well, yeah. So, so in 2018, we opened up 370 matters because my goal that year was to open up one matter a day and one new case a day. Last year, we opened up 570. So that's on nice that, growth. Yeah. On that question, that's, that's good growth. So now this year, we're just going to try to maintain that because of what's currently happening. We'll see. But I think, you know, we can, we can increase the number of people that schedule consults with us. And then if we increase the number of people that schedule consults with us, then we try to increase the um, people that actually hire us, you know, based off that. So these are all hinges. Each, each stage is a hinge. And if you open up one hinge, it's not going to be a one-to-one a, a -one improvement. It's going to be an exponential improvement because you're always you know, increasing your percentages of each type of person. Exactly. So what I'm obviously now very much interested in, so what do you measure along this process currently? So right now we measure, we measure the number of new leads, okay. the number of leads that schedule, the people that schedule that hire us, or actually the people that schedule that, the people that schedule with us that ask us to send them a contract, the percentage of people who ask for a contract versus the people who actually sign the contract. And then the other thing we've been starting to track for the last 14 months is then in each case type, how much is it costing us to deliver that um, service or that, that outcome for people? So that's sort of into the during unit. Costing in terms of money and or time? Time, yeah, because we're time. So time. we do everything on a flat fee. 
So all right. And so most so most of our cases, except for deportation cases where you're trying to keep someone from being deported, most of our cases the legal fee is going to be about thirty five hundred dollars. Okay. So you know, but not every $3,500 is created equally. We have some case types where right. you're going to spend 35 hours on that case. And we have some case types that you're going to spend three hours on that case. So obviously we want to have more of the cases that you can make three 30 hours, three hours versus, <laughs> but we do view immigration as a calling. So I'm willing to subsidize some of the less lucrative stuff because we're actually really helping people. So it's for us, it's not just about the numbers, but, it, but I shouldn't be, I shouldn't be making that decision if I don't really know the numbers, if that makes sense. Yeah, of course. <laughs> well, that's the point of this, this, this discussion. <laughs> All right. So, uh, where I still didn't really understand is, uh, the, you're, you're measuring, uh, the leads and then how many, uh, um, calls you have with them, how many, uh, kind of, uh, how do you call those discovery calls? You call them uh, consultations? Consultations, yeah. Consultations. And then you measure how many consultations you convert into matters, did you call them? Your cases, matters? Yeah, so so we, we say how many people contacted us, how many people are actual leads, how many people scheduled a consultation, how many people asked us to send them a contract. In other words, they were considering hiring us. And then how many of those people actually sign the contract? And then we take how many people sign contracts and we go back to the overall number of leads. And that's where we get that 7.9%. This is cool. This really is uh, very good. Now, let me ask you a question. Where's the leverage here? Hold on. Before I get to that, can I just say one more thing? Sure. There's one other piece to this that we've done. And, and I'm sure that you've, you've done these kinds of analysis too. So then you take your marketing budget and you compare that to all of these stages. So, like right now, like let's say I don't I don't know exactly how much I'm spending each month, right? But let's say it's ten thousand dollars, and let's say I'm getting five hundred leads a month, right? Then each lead costs me twenty dollars, and if I sign up fifty cases, then each case costs me two hundred dollars to bring in the door. So I think that after you do that analysis that we just talked about, then you have to compare it to what you're spending, so that then you can say to your team, hey, if you don't follow up with this lead. It's like throwing a $20 bill in the trash. Or if we don't sign up this contract of someone that we did, I mean, because that's all the time and energy that you're spending putting into this. You've got to compare it to that as well. Yes, yes. And there's another component, uh, Jim, that I think is important. And I don't know to what extent are you uh, incorporating it. It's the time that you invest in your funnel. Yeah, for sure. Okay? Because this consultation calls uh, cost you time. Yeah, and right now, right now, Felix, guess who's doing the consults? It's attorneys. So that's exactly. our exactly. There's the most expensive people, right? Right. So that's really what we're what my one of my homework assignments after we figure out exactly how to improve this conversion thing is how do I do this maybe without attorney time? Ah, uh, and I'm yeah. really I'm really floating around for that right now because my model has always been lawyer does the consult because people want have immigration questions, but I think that we could do a lot and. So I was talking to Dean Jackson's right-hand man, Stuart Bell, about this the other day, and that we need, we actually have a problem of too many leads, and we need a better system to sift and sort them before they get to the to the consultation. Because having a consultation where I just answer someone's questions for a half hour for a hundred dollars, that's not so good. What I want are consultations where people are likely to hire me. So we're going to build in some intermediary steps, maybe with some automation and some questionnaires, and and actually. 
like Dan Kennedy would teach, we're actually going to make it harder for people to get okay. consult so that our exactly. consults are more meaningful. Exactly, because those then who will get through, uh, they will be much more valuable prospects, right? Right. For you. Okay. It's so much, Felix, Felix, it's so much to worry about, man. It's like 30 different moving parts, brother. Is it really? I, I, I don't think it's that many. Uh, Jim, I mean, uh, what is really, really good about um, you uh, or, or your business, you're very, very structured already, okay? I mean, I think quite a few listeners who, uh, uh, who, who will um, uh, listen to this and say, oh, okay, well, that's how uh, my process could look like as well. And even if they do not uh, practice law or immigration law. So this is really good. Now, again, I think one addition that, that is here very important for you would be um, at the time that you yeah. guys are spending and your time also shooting all these uh, YouTube videos and doing all these webinars. Um, yeah, uh, when you do this, you don't do anything else. Okay. Now, well, the, the, the videos I love doing, and I'd rather. I know. <laughs> I'd rather work on this stuff. Yeah, but then the funny thing about YouTube is that I thought that YouTube's greatest value would be as a lead generator, but it's not. The YouTube, where that comes in, once someone finds my YouTube channel, and I would say 80% of our consults start, almost always start like this. Oh, Mr. Jim, I can't believe I'm talking to you. I've been watching your videos for six months. I've watched every one of your 500 videos, or I've watched every video you've ever made about citizenship. I can't believe that I finally get to talk to you. So it's a lead conversion tool much more than a, a lead. I mean, people know me. Like you can't, you can't make 500 videos and not have your personality and your passion come through. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, so people know who you really are. Just, and that's what's great about your podcast, Felix, is after a while, when people have had your voice in their head on a regular basis, they know who you are. They can tell that you're a nice person, that you're a good person, that you care about processes and you care about metrics and that that's why you started your podcast. And so that, that just comes through. Sorry for that aside. <laughs> well, thank you very much. That's my motivation too. Now, where you seem to be uh, very well organized and uh, is, is your process um, we still haven't uh, discussed the, uh, what I say, uh, what I call uh, uh, service delivery part, uh, service delivery business functions. And this is where your uh, lawyers, if I remember correctly, you've got like four of them, right? Correct. And, then, and each lawyer has one or two paralegals. So the paralegals do a lot of the preparation. Um, yeah. We actually also have a team in India that, so lots of different lawyers have tried to start software that works well with PDFs, but you know, PDFs are, and paper are the lifeblood of our firm. So we all live in Adobe and, mm -hmm. and we've, we've tried every different kind of immigration form software, but we'll, we found that none of them work very well. And we actually have a team in India that we outsource the actual form preparation. So like, I don't have people here who are typing out an N-400, which is the form to naturalize, or an I-130, which is the form to bring a spouse here. We actually have an intake form that our team in India then, and that's a Word document, the team in India then manually inputs the forms, and they do it really cheaply. So for us so far, that's been beating using any kind of software. Um, Jim, what I'm interested in, in, in your, let's say, product delivery, service delivery business function, 
What do you measure currently? So, okay, perfect. I'm glad you asked that question. So, and I pulled it up right when we started. So we track how many uh, applications are going out the door. I have a little niche inside immigration where I sue the immigration service a lot. So how many lawsuits did I file for delays? We track how many packets get rejected. We track, this is the most important one, the average amount of days it takes to send a packet out, an application out. Because an application is more than just the forms. You have to submit all this evidence and it's all done on paper and it's all yeah. very, you know, we spend a ton on FedEx, right? And so, and then we track, so that average days to send a packet is, uh, is probably the most important metric and, and the one if we are on the island that we want to keep track of the most because it's really easy to let clients or a missing document delay a case going out the door. But I am all about speed, right? And so I want those cases, once we have every piece of information from the client, I want those cases out the door within seven days. Now, a lot of times clients aren't very organized. Sometimes they don't get all their documents to us and we have to go track things down. So sometimes things go off, but that's the biggest metric to me is how long does it take us to get the packet out the door? And then we see- Hang on, hang on. Yeah. How does that help you, Jim? How does that help me? Because nothing good happens when a case is delayed, right? Okay. So clients will call it. I mean, so, so right now, the immigration service, everything is delayed. So one of the value props for us is there will be no delay on our end. There'll be delay on the government's end. You should hire us because we're going to get you through this process faster just because we know what we're doing. And if you do it on your own, my biggest competition is not other immigration lawyers. And there's not there's not, there's a, there's a big demand for immigration lawyers. There are not enough immigration lawyers, right? And so my, but my biggest competition is not other lawyers. It's people thinking that they can do it themselves, right? And so I've got to figure out where do I add value here? One is expertise and two is speed and speeding up that process and eliminating the headaches of dealing with the federal government, right? So those are sort of the things. So I want those things out the door quickly. And then we track how many cases are approved, how many cases are denied, and then we track our net, we have a net promoter score system. So we check in with people during the process to see whether we're doing a good job. And then we check how many cases get rejected where we get cases back in the mail because of some kind of a problem. Whole lot of things you're tracking. Um, how much effort is that? It's not, and most of it's done with software now. We recently adopted a new uh, during unit software that's built specifically for lawyers. It's called FileVine, and it's a great database uh, program. You can use it for lots of different things, but we're tracking all those dates now, so now when we track the dates automatically, the, the math is calculated for these metrics. Okay, so there is no manual uh, work involved in uh, um, having those uh, metrics created? A little bit. There's a little bit of manual, but not much. Okay, yeah. What strikes me here in, in your case is a whole lot of metrics just in uh, one business function, um, is that not overwhelming? Well, I don't do it. So there's different people that are in charge of it. So I, you know, I'm in charge of the before unit. So they were keeping track of the cases, you know, like all those ones we talked about earlier, but the during unit, I mean, that's what we do. We've, we've got to keep track of those statistics and we've got to, we've got to have alarm bells go off when certain things happen. So if cases get rejected or if one of the other things we tr keep track of are these things called requests for evidence. So if the government thinks that you haven't submitted enough evidence, then you have to submit more stuff. So a request for evidence can be a sign that a case is off track or just they need some more information or that our systems weren't perfect in that we let something go out without a piece of evidence that they now want. Now, sometimes they're just being difficult, which they do, but a lot of times, so we're always trying to go back and do these little autopsies to say, well, 
if if we got a request for evidence back, let's get to the root cause, figure out why that happened, and then build that back into our system so that doesn't happen another time. I understand. Let me uh, take a look at your financial uh, part, not the numbers, but uh, what are you tracking on the financial side? So really on the financial side, I keep it really simple. We keep track of weekly revenue, weekly expenses. We look at the balance sheet, look at our ARs. Our business model generally involves people paying 50% upfront mm -hmm. and then I let them pay the rest over time because now things are really expensive. Donald Trump has put in some new things that now make a marriage-based case go from $3,500 to $5,000. So we're getting $2,500 upfront and then we get a credit card to bill automatically. And I just let people pay $250 a month after that. I don't, I'm not on the, on the money side, as long as people are signing up the agreements and with the credit cards, we're always getting paid. I don't really care how fast they pay us. Okay. Follow your, uh, your cash flow. Yep. Oh yeah. Especially right now, man. I'm on, <laughs> I'm on, I'm on the bank. I'm on the bank. Uh, I'm on the bank website every day, making sure we still have money in the bank, but yeah, yeah, yeah. We, uh, we keep track of that uh, every week. And then we have, uh, through traction, we have what's called a uh, level 10 meeting every Friday of our leadership team, which is my wife, myself, and Adela. We meet for an hour and a half and go over all these numbers that you and I just talked about, as, and that's just sort of one part of the meeting. Oh, that, that's really impressive. I mean, <clears throat> the, for me, the, the most important uh, financial metric is uh, uh, cash flow. Yeah. I mean, revenue, yeah, I can generate a lot of uh, revenue, but if I've got uh, too high costs, that's going to ruin, ruin me. <laughs> yeah. Now, coming back to the very, very first business function um, I call business development. Under business development uh, is um, whatever you do to uh, bring your business forward, uh, developing new services, developing new products, whatever. Um, is there anything you do there? You mean like coming up with new, new products? Yeah, well, coming up with new products, coming up with, with new ways of promoting your business. That's... It's business development, typical business development. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I became convinced through reading some books by Seth Godin and Gary Vaynerchuk that because people's attention spans are so small right now that we live in a world where what I want is for if people think of me, they think of one word. And that if people think of that one word, they think of me. So the word I chose 10 years ago was immigration. So we don't do anything else. We don't market anything else. We're very focused in what we market and tell people. And, and that has been really good for the other source of where our cases come from. And that is other lawyers. We get a ton of referrals from other lawyers. Oh, cool. And I, I think it's because we're so focused because we are easy to refer to. And because, you know, lawyers are sort of a covetous group and they, know that if I'm just handling an immigration matter for them, I'm not going to try to steal their work of doing a will for that person or doing their family law problem. I'm just doing immigration. So I think that when you talk about business development, I think right now it's so important to focus on one, one thing because it just makes you much more referable. That's super valuable what you, what you just said. And the next question, um, obviously, is, is there anything you measure about your business development? Well, sure. So we're all, like those things I told you before, we're, we're, we're measuring, you know, how many, are you talking about different, different than what we talked about as far as, yeah, yeah. As, far as the, the metrics that I talked about? Yeah, yeah. I mean, see, 
it's really nice what you said. Okay, your your word for the last 10, uh, 10 years is immigration. Right. Right? What are you doing, let's say, for the future of your business? Are you develop, developing any new services around this? Uh, well, yeah, I, 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 know, I don't know much about your, your business. So uh, are you developing any new courses? Are you? Yeah. Oh, I, gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. You know what I mean? I do. So I was talking to you earlier about how our conversion process needs improvement. So my uh -huh. team, my team has been pushing back. The conversion team has been pushing back and saying, we don't feel like we know enough about immigration or enough about what the firm does specifically. Cause we have, we have probably 55 case types that we can handle all with an immigration. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, Oh, I see what you're asking me now. So the way that we're expanding that now is so I'm going to start preparing lesson plans for our conversion team, right? So here's the big picture of immigration. Here's what a citizenship case looks like. Here's what a green card case looks like. But I'm going to use it for multi-purpose. I'm going to I'm going to do it for our team, but I'm also going to do it for our clients. Like I'm going to try to build information products about the immigration service at first to use with our team, then to use with our current clients so that I can make it really good. And then I'm going to offer it as a um, standalone item for people who might want information, but might not be able to hire us because some immigration cases we can handle from anywhere, right? So if it's an overseas case where you're trying to bring someone's spouse to the United States, we could do that for anybody in the United States. But if we're going to do a citizenship case, they're going to have to pay us a lot extra to like fly to New York to handle their citizenship case. People do it, but it's expensive, right? So offering things. And, and I think that the YouTube channel will really help with that. Cause like when we launch that, we have a tribe already. So just so you know, Felix, I've been talking about doing this for a long time. I haven't actually done it. But now with the team pushing me to be better educated so that they can help us with conversions, now seems like a good time, especially while things are a little slower, to start thinking about what you're asking. Okay. And what are you measuring about this? Uh, nothing. What will you be measuring about this? Yeah. So I'm a member of a thing called Strategic Coach, which is a guy named Dan Sullivan. And Dan Sullivan, um, he puts out a, a little mini book on an issue that he's been thinking about every three months. So what I would like to do is like pick our biggest interest, uh, the things that people are most interested in and make a product of some sort around that each, each quarter. Okay. Okay. This is so, great. This is great. You're, you're pushing me Felix. So now I'm putting it out there. So that's, that's good. I like that. <laughs> so you got your target. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, I was a member of strategic coach myself. Ah, okay. Yeah. So I'm very familiar with all these uh, concepts. I've been, um, I was member for six years or so. Yeah. Okay. So uh, I know what, what you're talking about. Uh, well, okay. So what I just wanted to kind of motivate you, uh, it's your quick start. So <laughs> that's working already. That's great. Two yep. quick starts talking to each other. That's really great. <laughs> right. Now, just make sure that um, you put numbers to it. You know, I mean, as, as they say here in Germany, very old saying, measure it or forget it. <laughs> yeah and um yeah so that would be my um gee actually i wanted to do about 30 minutes we're 45 now yeah we're doing uh, great this <laughs> would be um why don't we before we wrap up there's one thing i'd uh, still like to ask you 
uh, Jim, now, we were talking all about business, okay? How you um, uh, measure your business, and it's really impressive, and it's really great uh, uh, what, what you do. <laughs> Maybe one of the products you may want to think about is uh, teach lawyers how to measure their processes, because this, uh, I mean, again, I, I know nothing about uh, uh, law business, but uh, that uh, sounds to me like a very old, very well-oiled machine that you've got here, uh, process and that, you know, for for someone who is in in a different space than numbers, uh, like like uh, you uh, being a lawyer, that's that's really impressive, uh, really really impressive. Thank now, you. <laughs> you're welcome. Now, going to the uh, other side, um, in your private business, is there anything you measure in your private business? Private, private, not private business, but private life. No, I wouldn't say that we. Do we measure my kids' grades? <laughs> oh, I mean, where you I, certainly disagree on the targets, right? <laughs> I, well, I would say that first of all, thank you for saying what you said about how you think we're doing with our numbers, because I feel like we're not doing a very good job at all. So to have feedback like that, and I don't say that so that you give me more positive feedback. I say that because I I, I don't find myself satisfied, right? Like I. I think we're so much further along than we were two years ago, but wow. I still have, you know, like now, now you've lit a fire under me to get these metrics done for more business development. And that's like, Oh man, more to do. So I, I would honestly say Felix in answer to your question about private metrics is that I'm so focused and so in the firm that I don't really spend a lot of time measuring things at the house. Well, I, I was not suggesting you should. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just see, uh, I've, I had uh, one of my podcast guests, uh, he told me uh, what he's measuring, he's uh, into cycling. Uh, he's measuring everything, his heart rate. And, uh, you know, and I'm, I'm crazy. I'm, I'm measuring uh, quite a few things. Uh, oh, like I, just mentioned, what you I just mentioned on one of the podcasts before, uh, you know, I, I need to, uh, right now, you know, having this lockdown time, uh, I take everyday walk. I, I find the time now for, for a walk. I take a, like, like a, an hour and a half walk. And you know what I do? Me, silly, you know, I take every day exactly the same route, okay? And I measure how, much it, how long it takes. And today I beat myself 12 seconds to yesterday. And I go, you crazy man. <laughs> well, I mean, that, that's the great thing about living in 2020 is we have so many tools to measure things that we didn't have before. <laughs> You can you can take a picture of a barcode of any food that you eat or put in your food. I mean, there's all kinds of things you can measure. Yeah. Okay. Um, now, but there's still something. We may agree to have a second episode sure. um, uh, at, at, in, in, in the future. Because what is bugging me now, you said that you're not happy with what you're measuring today. Uh, now, let's let's kind of maybe just for, 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 for a second, think about what is it that you're not happy with? What, 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 what do you think you could, uh, where do you think you could be better? Well, certainly 7.9% has been sitting in my craw for, you know, a month and a half since I sort of came to that realization. So getting all those numbers about conversion up are, is something that I'm not satisfied with. And then, you know, Hang on, you're not satisfied with the values of your metrics, right? Right. Ah, Okay. Yeah. Okay. So not so much. Not so much that I feel like we need to be measuring more things because I don't. I think we've got the right. Well, that's. <laughs> I was going to tell you, man, you're measuring a lot, but yeah. let me tell you, 
That's exactly the purpose of measurement. You're not happy. Now, you know what, you know, you know your value. You, you know your 7.9%, uh, okay? Right. Now you say it's not good enough. Well, that's exactly the power of knowing, the, the value of knowing. Now, it works in your head, and you're a quick start, okay? It's, it's bugging you. Well, that's exactly the purpose of it. Okay, because now you're going to start making some decisions. You're going to st start taking some actions. Okay, now you're tracking this uh, value, this, this conversion. Okay, and right. what's your next goal? 8.1. What's going to be the next one? 8.7. .8 well, then you're going to get stuck. You're going to fall down to 8.4. Then you're going to start thinking, well, why doesn't it work? Okay, well, you get some more data, you'll start making some more decisions, start taking some more actions, and that's exactly the power, the value of knowing, okay? I love it. <laughs> okay, so, you know, if you ask me, that's why I was kind of, uh, uh, I, I wanted to understand. I don't think it's more you should measure right now, okay? I think it's action-taking time, Right. okay? It's, say, I think your challenge right now is in your value growth chain, the way we discussed it, okay? Let's see, I asked you before, uh, where, where is the leverage in here, okay? Which of the hinges you, you, you mentioned, okay, would have the biggest leverage? And now you, you are at a very advanced point, Jim, where you say, all right, now I see this, my, 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 all, all these numbers that I've got here, and there's one I don't like. It's 7.9. This conversion rate, that's something I would like to improve. Now, focus on it, okay? You've got your, how is it called, the impact filter, right? Well, <laughs> write an impact filter on how are you going to bring 7.9 to 8.5. Yeah. What will you going to do? And then measure it. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Measure yep. it in your weekly meetings. Measure it in your um, uh, monthly whatever you do. Okay, and see this is then how you're going to leverage what you what your your the numbers you have got and what they tell you. Okay? I'm nodding. The people who are listening can't see me nodding, but I'm nodding with feeling. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Jen. So we need to wrap this up. It that was, was great. A great episode. Thank you very much. I really enjoyed it. Um, I learned myself something, and I think quite a few listeners should uh, take an example of uh, what you do. And I'm gonna say that in the introduction as well. And um, well, I hope I've given you a couple of ideas uh, for, sure. for myself. <laughs> Definitely worth, worthwhile for me on my end, for sure, Felix. Okay, and I uh, thank you very much for being uh, such a great guest. That was fun, thanks man for having me. Yeah. Thanks for listening to the Maximum Lawyer Podcast. The Maximum Lawyer to stay in contact with your host and to access more content, content. go to MaximumLawyer.com. Maximum Have a great week and catch you next time.